0: of Société Générale, India.
1: You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3.
0: Okay, our quick check-in on the markets. The Australian uh, ASX 200 is trending up right now, but Japan's Nikkei and the Cosby are heading down. Uh, But the weekend's looking good. It's mainly cloudy today uh, with some bright periods, but we've got uh, a nice, cool, fine, and dry weekend, people. Thanks for checking in with the show. I'm Andrew Work for Money Talk, and I'm out of here. It's 8.31 and Pierre Tremblay has the half-hour news. Democratic Party lawmaker James Toe has warned that a planned hotline allowing members of the public to alert the police about national security crimes would undermine trust in Hong Kong society. He was speaking to RTHK after sources told us that police have yet to decide when to launch the hotline. Wendy Wong reports.
2: Sources say the tip of line will allow people to give information to the police's national security unit and will be similar to another hotline set up last year for people to report suspected illegal protest-related activities. It's understood people can give such information confidentially without identifying themselves. Informants can send videos, photos and other information through the WeChat and Line apps. But WhatsApp, one of Hong Kong's most popular messaging apps, might not be used after the forces' last attempt to utilize it to gather information resulted in their accounts being suspended.
0: Hong Kong reported three cases of COVID-19 yesterday, including the first locally acquired infection in four days. The patient, a 50-year-old woman who lives in Tokua Wan, is connected to a previous local case. The other two patients arrived from Germany and the United States. Detectives in France, Italy and Tunisia are investigating a 21-year-old Tunisian being held in hospital on suspicion of killing three churchgoers in the southern French city of Nice. Several other people were wounded in the attack. Thousands of extra troops are being deployed to protect churches and schools in France. The BBC's Hugh Schofield reports from Paris.
3: Police officials say that the suspect is Brahim Aousawi, a 21-year-old Tunisian man who came by boat to the Italian island of Lampedusa in September. He was placed in virus quarantine before being released and told to leave Italy and arrived in France earlier this month. At Nice this morning, he's believed to have entered the Notre-Dame de l'Assomption Basilica and killed three people with a knife, two women and a man. Shot by police, he shouted Allahu Akbar as he was being treated.
0: Official figures show the United States economy grew at its fastest ever pace in the third quarter of the year. The production of goods and services, GDP, increased at an annual rate of 33% after a severe dip in previous months. This report from the BBC's Michelle Fleury.
4: This was the biggest gain on record as businesses reopened and customers came back. The US is recovering from a severe collapse in output earlier this year caused by efforts to contain the pandemic. Donald Trump's campaign was quick to tout the surge in growth as evidence of an economic comeback. Still, the US economy is smaller than it was before the pandemic began. And with coronavirus cases rising and a lack of a stimulus package, analysts expect the next phase of the recovery will be much harder.
0: A shipwreck off the coast of Senegal is now known to have killed at least 140 people, making it the deadliest in the world this year. The International Maritime Organization said the boat was carrying about 200 migrants. When it caught fire and sank on Saturday, about 60 people were rescued. Next news at 9.
1: Good morning and welcome to Bank Chat. I'm Hugh Chivit and your co-host Today's Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. Today we're talking about the Hong Kong 12. Hundreds of people marched in Taipei and in at least a dozen cities across the world from New York to Vancouver to Adelaide last weekend to demand the release of 12 Hong Kongers who were arrested by mainland authorities back in August. They were apparently fleeing by boat to Taiwan to escape prosecution here for offences mostly stemming from last year's anti-government protests when the mainland Coast Guard had detained them. They're now in Shenzhen. Five law, law firms representing them have been told by the Justice Ministry that they're banned from handling the cases. The lawyers appointed by the protesters' families were prevented from seeing the detainees last Thursday as the officer at the reception said two lawyers had already been assigned to the clients. Well, are the 12 simply criminals fleeing justice? What do you think of the way they're being treated? What do you make of the international attention? Should the Hong Kong government be offering them assistance? Email us with your thoughts. Our address: you can leave a message on our Facebook page, that's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Or you can call us and our telephone number is two three three eight eight two six six two three three. 88266 six is the number. Joining us uh, for the first part of the uh, program, others in the second half. Uh, we have now uh, Professor Holok Sang, senior research fellow in the Pan Sutong Tong uh, Shanghai Hong Kong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lingnan University, Grenville Cross, a former director of public prosecutions in Hong Kong, and Benedict Rogers, who's the chief executive of Hong Kong Watch.
3: Benedict Rogers, let's go to you first. Uh, good morning or rather good evening. Thank you for staying up to be on back chat.
2: My pleasure. Good, good
1: to be with you. I should explain, sorry, he's in the UK. Oh, as well yes, he's in again. the
3: UK, yes, uh, which it's very late tonight. Uh, now, why, why is it you, you've been helping uh, to organise uh, protests uh, over the, the, the these 12? These um, why is there so interna- much international attention on this case?
2: Well, I, I think for a number of reasons. I mean, firstly, the fact that the 12... Uh, embarked on this real act of desperation, which nobody would deny was was extremely unwise, but but was really an act of desperation, um, uh, has captured international attention. Um, But secondly, the the fact that they are um, uh, detained in in mainland China uh, and denied access to the legal representation that their families uh, have chosen denied access, it seems, to medical care uh, and denied access to contact with their families. Um, on those three grounds, you know, th- this is a, a, a serious human rights Matter and, and that's why the international community has rightly paid
1: attention to well,
3: it. Well, again, I mean, there are many other people detained in uh, mainland China. I mean, Canadians detained for two years. Many other cases and many other uh, cases of um, injustices around, around the world and perhaps arguably even greater injustice than this right now. You, you'd be aware of many cases yourself in Myanmar and so on. So why focus so much on, on, on these 12?
2: Well, I, I mean, firstly, it, we shouldn't t- focus on the 12 to the exclusion of all the other cases you've mentioned. They, they all absolutely deserve detention, uh, attention, um, and particularly the, the two Michaels uh, that you mentioned. Um, but I think that this is a um, a symbolic case, because uh, if they are allowed to uh, just uh, um, be in jail in, in China uh, and, the, and the world forget about them, uh, then, in effect, it, it, it leaves every other Hong Konger in danger of of arbitrary uh,
3: arrest. And- well, hang on. Every uh, other Hong I Konger mean- is not going to get on a speedboat and illegally speed into mainland waters, right? I mean, it's pretty clear they knew they were breaking the law when they did what they did. And you yourself said it was unwise.
2: Well, it, it was unwise. Um, but we've seen further acts of desperation just this week in terms of a, a number of individuals trying to. Uh, seek asylum in the u.s. Consulate and being arrested, so I mean the, the, there are it, it is a clear uh, cry for help on the part of, of Hong Kongers um, and uh, it, it, um, it It is a sign to the to the international community that something fundamental is wrong in Hong Kong that that people are um, Desperate to get out uh, and that if they are allowed to to just be arrested in, in uh, by the Chinese authorities and, and be detained, um, you know, p- potentially others who uh, in various ways t- take such a- acts um, will also be in, in grave danger.
1: Okay. Uh, uh, what has this got to do with the international community? Why is this any of your business?
2: Well, I think for two reasons. I mean, first of all... Uh, Britain in particular has a responsibility under the Sino-British Joint Declaration to uh, to ensure that uh, the rule of law and fundamental freedoms uh, are upheld. Those, those have been fundamentally undermined by the national security law, but we still have a duty to, uh, to, to do what we can to uh, protect uh, what remains of, of Hong Kong's freedoms. Um, and, and secondly, I, I think it, it, it relates to the international rules-based order, both um, the, the breakdown of the joint declaration is a, is a breach of the uh, international rules-based order, but, but also the, um, the detention of individuals in China without um, due process, without access to lawyers of their choice, um, it is, uh, it is a real concern for the international rules-based order, and that's why it should be of concern to all of
3: us. OK, let's bring in another of our guests. Uh, we also have with us uh, Grenville Cross, uh, former Director of Public Prosecutions, who's been very critical of uh, Benedict Rogers in his writings on numerous occasions. Uh, good, mo- good morning, Mr Cross. Yeah, good morning. Uh, your response to what you've just heard from Benedict Rogers?
4: Well, nowhere, uh, as I understand it, in the international rules-based order uh, are offence- uh, offences of violence, such as... Uh, the uh, suspects have been uh, accused of, or most of them have been accused of, are recognised or approved of. You have to remember that these are people who are accused of possessing and making explosives, uh, of conspiracy uh, to wound uh, and arson uh, and other violence-related offences. They've been bailed by the courts of Hong Kong, uh, and these people apparently have abused the bail that they've been granted, which may have an impact on other people who are accused of criminal offences because it may mean... The courts of Hong Kong would now be less reluctant to grant people bail. So that's one important aspect of it. Uh, And of course, uh, if, uh, as as appears to be the case, these people have illegally entered the mainland uh, of China uh, on a speedboat, uh, then they will have to face the criminal consequences of that uh, offence there, because it is a crime under Chinese law. Uh, and that will now be dealt with, as it would be dealt with in any other country around the world, uh, by the legal processes available in that country. So I think it's necessary to keep a proper perspective on this uh, and not to try and glorify people uh, who are uh, accused of quite serious offences.
3: And what do you make of the international campaign in support of the Twelve?
4: Well, as you say, I mean, it's, uh, it's completely unrealistic. It's divorced from reality. Uh, it ignores the very serious crimes involving violence and and. Uh, uh, explosives, which uh, many of them have been accused of, uh, and is an attempt to demonise China, when all it is simply doing is prosecuting people who've, who've entered its territorial waters uh,
3: unlawfully. But aren't you a bit uncomfortable about people being detained for long periods without trial? I mean, you're former director of public prosecution. You, you'd be very uncomfortable if that, that sort of thing was happening here in Hong Kong.
4: Well, they're going to be prosecuted. I mean, the, 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 uh, the, the procuratorate has already announced the charges that are going to be brought against them, uh, and uh, I don't know what the evidence is against them. It may be that they have. Then presumably the case will be dealt with uh, expeditiously. Uh, and uh, why been,
1: why do you presume that? There's no evidence that it, it's being tri- tri- being well, we uh, treated expeditiously. I know exactly. We don't know. I mean, isn't this exactly the problem? This is exactly the problem. This is this is what entirely led to the to the problems last year because there is no trust. By the Hong Kong people for the for the administration of justice on the mainland. This is why the um, extradition bill was uh, was such 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 point. No, I'm just saying. No, no, no. no, I'm not talking about the extradition. I'm I'm talking about uh, attitudes. That that was incorrect as well. Yeah, I'm I'm talking about attitudes. I'm saying that you know people. Well, some
4: people may hold that attitude. Mm. Well, most
1: people, arguably, yeah. It's generally recognised around the world that if you go to uh, uh, another
4: jurisdiction uh, and commit an offence there, then you have to face the consequences in terms of criminal prosecution. Uh, The system in in, in various countries obviously differs greatly, but uh, it's been announced by the mainland prosecutors what the charges are going to be. Fortunately, uh, it appears they're not going to be prosecuted in relation to any national security law, uh, from what's been said anyway, uh, and that the charges will be confined to either illegally entering uh, China, uh, Chinese waters, or uh, organizing an illegal entry into Chinese waters, uh, and the law will now take its course.
5: And
1: uh, they uh, say
4: it's not right to show contempt for uh, another jurisdiction. And not having,
1: run. and not having, not having a choice of uh, representatives, not having choice of lawyers, not being able to see their families. That's they, three months now—is it that they've that they've well, been, a few been detained
4: uh, allow, uh, A great few jurisdictions. Okay, without, okay, uh, yeah, okay. You can, argue, you can argue. You can argue that. To okay, uh, I, in.
1: I think your argument is that this is the way it's done on the mainland. Okay, this well, is the way it's done on the mainland. Well, it's
4: done. I- it's done everywhere uh, in Hong Kong. People have to rely People on. People don't choose. Lawyers.
1: People don't get a the, choice of the, you know, lawyers.
4: We don't normally. It does sometimes happen, but we don't normally
3: have lawyers coming in from other jurisdictions. Uh, but uh, Mr. So Cross, I mean, the, the a lot. Uh, the lot of exactly these lies they've been denied. The lies well. the they've is, been denied. Sorry to interrupt, but the lies they've been denied are mainland lawyers. We're not talking about Hong Kong lawyers here.
4: Well, they have their own. They have their own system of uh, legal aid in the mainland. Uh, and uh, that will now take its
1: course. Uh, again, my point, my point would be, this is, uh, yeah, you can argue that maybe they are doing it by the book, but this is not a book that people in Hong Kong want to subscribe to, if you can subscribe to a book. Uh, well, you have, to, you have to respect the legal processes in other jurisdictions. Mm, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Holok Sang, good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for for joining us from from Lingnan University. Um, What do you make of this? This is sort of becoming a a cause, certainly a cause kind of internationally, uh, and even uh, around Hong Kong. I mean, obviously... Uh, you know, avenues for expression are very kind of limited uh, at the moment uh, in Hong Kong, but you will see graffiti and you see banners about the Hong Kong 12. Yeah. There's obviously kind of a, an undercurrent, at least, of, of uh, discontent o- over this issue. What do you make of that? Well,
6: first of all, uh, these people who, who ran away from Hong Kong, they are running away from their legal responsibilities. You see, so... Um, in the first place they they uh, ignore the responsibilities and they are uh, uh, pursued you know uh, by, by Hong Kong police and uh, they are running away and in the cause of that they are caught in uh, mainland waters and uh, uh, naturally that's an offense in uh, on the mainland and the mainland has arrested them uh, legally uh, but uh, on the other hand, I do agree uh, with Benedict. Uh, what what's the last name? Roger Rogers. Rogers, yeah. Uh, that uh, uh, it would be much better if the mainland allows uh, legal representation uh, um, from lawyers on the mainland, and I think that that is proper. And I think that is something that 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 I am uh, not happy about. Do okay, you... but. Uh, um, there are things that these guys have done wrong in the first place, and they have to face the responsibility. And, of course, I very much hope that uh, mainland um, uh, 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 would uh, uh, allow them due process according to the law there, and I think we should respect the, law, the, the legal system there. Uh, whatever uh, that they're doing, they should... Uh, correspond, you know, to uh, the legal system that uh, are in place on the mainland right now. So, so if there's any deviation from that, of course, I'm not
3: happy about that. So aren't we again seeing the big difference between the two legal systems, the big difference between the two legal systems, which was behind so much of the suspicion of the extradition bill last year and parts of the national yeah, security law now? Yeah,
6: suspicion, uh, but, uh, but I think that, uh, that the problem, okay, the problem arises from, from mistrust. Just because people uh, did not uh, do not trust the system on the mainland, and that's why uh, they they are causing all of these problems. But uh, as far as I know, I know that the 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 uh, uh, fugitive amendment bill actually was modeled after a uh, some some kind of uh, um, uh, model, you know, from um, from the UN. So, so it is actually uh, following something that has been accepted internationally. So, so I don't see any problem there. But uh, it has been sort of portrayed as uh, as very unfair and so on. And I and I think that is very unfortunate because uh, much of the uh, the rumors about it are, are are not justified by facts. You know and. Uh, In this this particular case, you know, especially for those who who are who are accused of, you know, I I don't know who is uh, who is being accused of uh, secession, you know, but uh, the fact is that uh, um, there are people who who cannot tolerate China's uh, political system and Hong Kong's present uh, political system, and and I think uh, that reflects a, a lack of tolerance, you know, because. Of course, you you can espouse what you want, but you you cannot uh, um, 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 uh, try try to change the regime, you know, you know, because I and I think uh, 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 China has uh, been operating on on its legal uh, 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 political system for for this long and has shown that it has um, outperformed, you know, say India and other. Um, uh so-called uh, uh democratic countries you know that uh, uh follow the uh, western democracy model and um um in in a number of ways you know including uh public health and uh and uh, ecological preservation and so on you know and and, and i and i do see why you know um uh, people with a different um uh, 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 viewpoint as to what uh, would work better uh They can espouse what they want, you know, but they must not try to change other people's uh, 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 regime, you know. And I think that is exactly why, you know, um, um, the mainland introduced this uh, uh, national security law. I mean, mean, but...
1: Benedict Rogers, the point is that, that these are not just kind of uh, political dissidents or something. They are people who have been charged with serious offences, exactly. uh, vi- violent offences. Benedict exactly. Rogers, how do, you, how do you deal with that, the point that Grumble Cross was making?
2: Well, I, I would say two, two things. I mean, firstly, uh, yes, they were charged in Hong Kong with those offences, and so they should be returned to Hong Kong uh, and face justice in the Hong Kong judicial system, where they were charged, um, the, the fact that they uh, tried to flee Hong Kong and were arrested um, potentially in Chinese waters, although I think that may be disputed where, where the waters, where they were arrested were. Uh, but, but nevertheless, they should be returned to Hong Kong and, and face face justice there. But, but just in, in response to the point that's just been made on the issue of tolerance, um, yes, of course, there should be tolerance on all sides. But, I mean, would you say that... Um, people in, you know, Jews in Nazi Germany should should tolerate uh, the uh, prison camps like Auschwitz, yeah. and we're seeing an equ- equivalent of that in China today with the Uyghurs in Xinjiang so tolerance well, works both ways you can't that. have tolerance for serious crimes against all, humanity serious human rights violations which are yeah. happening
6: uh, systematically in China today. Uh, yeah, there's uh, there are so- all, all kinds of rumours you know, but uh, um, and, uh, no, these, not these are not rumors. They're, 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 they're very well substantiated reports by
2: by numerous think tanks and human no. rights organizations. No, 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 UN okay. UN okay, uh, uh, maybe maybe uh, we're
1: we'll talking about, we'll talk about Xinjiang. Maybe we're about Xinjiang uh, on a with, different day.
6: various political interests
1: okay. in the first place. All right. uh,
6: see, so 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 there, there there's a lot of uh, uh, doubts about uh, the authenticity of those. Uh, and I, okay. I, and, okay. And I we, sorry. We we the, we have talked those, about uh, Xinjiang uh, on, on other occasions. Was, uh, was written by. by, by Someone who has a record of,
1: uh, yeah, okay. of, of bias. All right, can I can I share an email here and and perhaps uh, uh, Grenville Cross, you might want to um, respond to this. Martin says, uh, apart from the abhorrent treachery that was demonstrated by the administration, in the arrest of twelve Hong Kong people to date, no charges have been laid for dereliction of duty on the part of officers who tracked the fugitives to mainland waters but made no attempt to stop them leaving the territory. The responsibilities of police officers are to prevent crimes and uphold law and order, as stipulated under to Section 10 of the Police Force Ordinance. Once the police had information or even suspicions that persons on bail are not allowed to leave the territory were about to abscond, it was an act of misconduct in public office to allow the escape to go ahead. The boat could easily have been blocked and boarded in port or in local waters. Such interventions are carried out frequently to combat smuggling operations. Compare the response in this case to July when the police arrested a man at Hong Kong International Airport already on board a Cathay Pacific flight to London. This is before he'd been arrested and charged... And was still legally free to leave the territory. This action was taken after a tip-off. In the case of the Twelve, the sequence of events demonstrates prior knowledge of the plan, so the only reason for failing to apprehend the fugitives was clearly an act of gross malevolence. Hong Kong people must demand a full investigation of the saga and that failure on the part of the security forces to carry out prescribed duties be prosecuted. That comes from Martin. Grenville Cross? Uh,
4: Tongue-in-cheek is this. Those, no, I don't think it is.
1: No, honestly, I don't think it is. I think it's. I think it's entirely serious. Well,
4: if, if he has any evidence that uh, that there's been any misconduct, then he should take it to the well. I think the, the... authorities that it could be investigated. Okay, uh,
1: to for, not for to what put what words in done. his mouth, but I think the evidence would be the the flight plans of of two aircraft who were shadow. It seems were shadowing the um uh the the, the, the boat as it well, was as leaving say, Hong if, Kong if waters. If
4: there's any evidence, then doubtless there will be an, uh, an investigation, and the Department of Justice will uh, advise <laughs> on it in due course. <laughs> even if that were the case, you wouldn't have a decision by now. It would take some months to investigate uh, and to process. But as I say, the real concern here uh, is the very weak bail terms, because if far more stringent bail terms had been uh, imposed in the first place, then it may, may well be that uh, these people would have been discouraged from fleeing at all.
3: Do, 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 do you accept, Grenville Cross, that there is a level of, um, un, you might say, unease about, um, about how this whole issue has been handled? And the, and the reports about the government's uh, flying service helicopters shadowing their route, uh, the police being aware of their departure didn't help. I mean, you're seeing graffiti go, appearing around town about, about the Hong Kong 12. That they're, 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 a lot of people feel there are a lot of unanswered questions.
4: Well, I think the real unease should be that if these people had managed to, manage to as they were planning to do against Taiwan, uh, they wouldn't have been prosecuted at all for very serious offences, because so many countries have now suspended their extradition arrangements with Hong Kong, that these people who were charged, as I say, with explosives and other offences, would have cheated justice uh, altogether. So that would have been the real uh, source of unease, uh, and it's fortunate that this plan has been thwarted.
3: Uh, Benedict Rogers?
4: Well, I I would like to ask Grenville
2: Cross one question, because he's uh, persistently uh, been attacking uh, distinguished British political figures like Chris Patton, Lord Alton, Alistair Carmichael, Mm. myself to a much lesser lesser extent. I'd like to ask Grenville a very straight question. Uh, Which part of the Chinese Communist Party is paying you to write their propaganda, and how much are they paying you? (laughs)
4: This, this, this is typical uh, Hong Kong watch abuse, is it? <laughs> it seems to come out of, me, out of the, usual, uh, the usual volume. No, I, I'm being paid nothing at all. I'm an objective observer. Uh, I, I'm a, a straight shooter. I say things as I see it. Uh, and if uh, people don't like it, those are realism, so be it.
3: Uh, yeah, uh, I, I mean, th- you are a straight shooter. I mean, let's bring some of the language you used about Benedict Rogers. You, call, you called him a serial fantasist. You repeatedly used the term wacky. Uh, I mean, it's really sort of... Uh, I, I wonder what you think of the comparison Donald Trump to like language.
4: Oh, he, wouldn't dis- he wouldn't dispute that, would he? As I say, his real concern over, over this issue should not be the fact that people are being prosecuted for entering mainland waters uh, unlawfully. His main concern should be whether these people would have reached Taiwan and thus not been prosecuted at all for, for offences involving explosives, crimes of violence uh, and arson. That should be his real concern, and he should feel relief that, uh, that their plan has been thwarted.
1: And Dick Rogers?
2: Well, I, I mean, I think the evidence uh, for those charges is extremely disputable. Um, and, and, and my argument is, uh, regardless of hi- hypothetically whether they have got to Taiwan or not, the fact is they were apprehended. They've, they've now been detained in China. They should be returned to Hong Kong to face justice in Hong Kong on the charges and based on whatever evidence there is in Hong Kong. Well, that will happen, of course, uh, in,
4: in, in due course. And if the if the evidence is as weak as you say it is, then yeah, the challenge is
6: not Unfortunately, right uh, don't have the fugitive law, when we, we, we don't tried. have the legal system, you know, to to uh, take them back to Hong Kong.
3: No, the well, uh, even in the absence of an extradition agreement, even in the absence of extradition agreement, China has a well-established, as uh, Grenville Cross China has a well-established mechanism for returning um, criminal suspects from China to Hong Kong. China could choose at any time to return them to Hong Kong if they wanted. Right, Grenville Cross? been many cases like that. Grenville Cross?
4: Oh, sorry, you're speaking to me. Yes. Uh, well, well, that's right, yeah. Uh, between uh, 2006 and uh, 2019, they did return 248 uh, criminal fugitives uh, to Hong Kong, even even without any extradition arrangement, even though Hong Kong has not been able uh, to reciprocate. Uh, And my concern, uh, to to answer Mr. Rogers' point, of course, is with hypocrisy, that the real concern here uh, should not be about the fact that people have been arrested when they've been trying to uh, flee from Hong Kong uh, in Chinese waters, Uh, but the the concern should be that these people nearly escaped uh, and thus got away with very serious crimes. And to suggest otherwise... Uh, as uh, the Hong Kong Watch seems to, seems to be doing. Uh, it's the highest hypocrisy, and it's the hypocrisy that concerns
1: me. Uh, in these international uh, attitudes and campaigns which are being mounted. Okay, just um, here's some thoughts from uh, listeners on uh, uh, both sides. Uh, This is from uh, S, uh, who says, Did the mainland ever disclose the exact GPS coordinates of the position where they were seized? Also great to see the Honourable Grenville Cross pivoting to maintain his position in the coming evisceration of Hong Kong rights and liberties. Phil B says, let's get real. The offence is an absolute offence and the 12 should accept the consequences of their actions. No lawyer can help them other than to offer a mitigation. Benedict Rogers is missing the point. Once they've been dealt with, they will face justice uh, in Hong Kong. Andrew Kay says, these people are fleeing criminals, knowingly breaking bail conditions. They got caught. Tough luck. A consequence of a series of bad decisions on their part. Andrew Kay also says Mr Rogers should keep his nose out of Hong Kong affairs. None of his business. Jeremy says Benedict Rogers should mind his own business and stop poking his nose into another country's business. The Oceans 12 will face justice in China for their illegal border crossing. They will then return to Hong Kong to face justice for their alleged crimes in respect yeah, to their exactly. involvement in the Liberate Hong Kong Revolution of Our Times movement. There is no reason to believe that they will be maltreated. Hong Kong is a free society in which the rule of law is applied uh, impartially. We are sick of foreign interference uh, in our affairs. That... Uh, comes from uh, Jeremy. And uh, one more, Tom says, there was a small news item months ago that two lawyers in New York in the Black Lives Matter protest threw one petrol bomb and are facing a 45-year sentence. The Hong Kong 12 were active organisers in a six-month wave of destructive riots and are now detained for a few months and the world is protesting. Perhaps it's something to do with how the protests are reported. That Tony Chung was arrested close to the US consulate was widely reported. Uh, uh, If someone did that, uh, after digging into the matter, Tony Chung had in fact Raised a declared 72,000 US dollars in a crowdfunding campaign to overthrow the Hong Kong government. If someone did that in the US or UK, they would face similar punishment. Tom, thanks for, for that. And thank you to, I guess, Holok Sang, Grenville Cross, and Benedict Rogers. We'll be joined by others after the news at 9. Stay tuned. 24 degrees now, humidities at 81 uh, Shenzhen. Uh, we were talking in the first part of the program to uh, Grenville Cross, uh, former director of public prosecutions, and Benedict Rogers from Hong Kong Watch, and uh, Holok Sang uh, as well. Uh, we're joined now for the second part by uh, Sharon Hom, who's the Executive Director of Human Rights in China, an Adjunct Professor of Law at the New York University School of Law, and Andrew Leung, an international and independent China strategist and former Director-General of Social Welfare. Our email address is backchat at We look forward to hearing from you, or you just give us a call and join the conversation. Two three three, Talk directly to our guest, Two three three eight eight two six six is the number, Two three three eight eight two
3: six six. A number of emails coming in in response to the uh, discussion in the first half of the show and particularly in response to a number of comments made by Grenville Cross, the former director of public prosecutions who was our guest during the first half. Uh, He says, throughout the extradition bill saga last year, Grenville Cross often stated that the Chinese criminal justice system had made progress and that Hong Kong people should be comfortable they would receive due process of law on the mainland. I don't see the way that the 12 have been treated, been held incommunicado for months and not being able to select their own lawyers. Is a type of due process that most people in Hong Kong would be comfortable with. And uh, Michael says, The commentator on your programme who finds it sad that the Hong Kong populace find communist justice unpalatable should recall the sad case of the Causeway Bay booksellers who were kidnapped by that justice system. Few people believe our leaders either. The chief executive said the Hong Kong police was not involved in the arrest of the Twelve. She was being duplicitous, as we know now that the Hong Kong police provided the mainland authorities with information. Do you remember when Kerry Lam said in June, said that the extradition bill, this was June last year, the extradition bill was dead, a bit like the Monty Python uh, dead parrot, when in fact it was alive and only only when it was cancelled in September last year. Our leaders despise the Hong Kong people.
1: Uh, This is from uh, Peter, who says, the 12 Hong Kongers are not innocent refugees they are fugitives many face serious criminal charges for arson rioting and plotting bomb attacks against Hong Kong police officers in fact we're talking about a total of 17 fugitives who have self-extradited themselves 12 to the mainland and 5 to Taiwan and because they and other fellow Hong Kong protesters have exposed the extradition law they can't be brought back to Hong Kong why don't the protesters especially the ones in Taiwan drop their hypocrisy and double standards and also demand the release of the other 5 Hong Kong fugitives who were arrested by Taiwan for exactly the same reasons in July. For months, they have not been allowed to contact their families or lawyers. Uh, Benedict Rogers, Joshua Wong, and angry Greta go protest. Same for our pandems. Instead of identifying the root cause—lack of an extradition agreement—which keeps the 17 Hong Kongers held up in different jurisdictions—they condemn mainland authorities who yet have stayed silent on the other five Hong Kongers held in Taiwan. But why not ask your guests some interesting questions? Why? are the Hong Kong courts still so lenient, with many magistrates setting minimum bail conditions while dozens of defendants have absconded? Uh, reports mentioned that the fugitives paid up to four or $500,000 uh, each to flee, but most had no jobs. Who paid for them? Where does the money come from? The protest movement is supposedly leaderless, but there is clear organisation behind these escapes. Who is organising them? Is there another Operation Yellowbird underway? That comes uh, from Peter, He's referring to uh, 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 efforts to uh, get remove uh, dissidents from the mainland after 1989.
3: We're now joined by Sharon Hom. Sharon Hom is the executive director of human rights in China and adjunct professor of law at New York University uh, School of Law. Uh, Ms Hom, uh, good morning or uh, good evening. You're joining us from the US, <laughs> right? Good morning, good evening. <laughs> well, good morning here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, good morning also to Andrew Lung, uh, who is here with us in, in Hong Kong. Uh, Sharon Hom, let's go to you first. I mean, as I said, you're Executive Director of Human Rights in China. You have so many human rights issues to watch in China. There are a lot of people who've been detained a lot longer in China than these 12. Why so much attention on these 12?
7: Well, I think every person counts. But uh, I thought listening to the comments from the uh, listeners and the questions, they were very good questions. And I think that one thing that I'd like to do if, if, um, to, to share is that we should open up the uh, aperture a little bit, and that all of this discussion about the criminal procedure law, a lot of the questions, a lot of comments, are making lots of assumptions, both assumptions about the individual cases and also about the criminal procedure um, law of mainland, and they're making a lot of assumptions about uh, how it's carried out and how it's implemented on the mainland. So I think it's really important for everyone who um, has such a clear view about innocence and labeling people, uh, including our, chief, you know, the chief executive, who was labeling people all during 2019, uh, being you know, judge, prosecutor, and uh, all rolled into one. I think everyone should step back. And remember that what a rule of law means first is that there is a presumption of innocence. And whatever you think is reported in, uh, forgive me, my journalist friends, but reported in the media, we really need uh, them to go through a process where there's evidence and where there's an investigation. So I think everybody should back up a bit and um, say those are good questions, but none of the people, including myself and everyone who has called in, is in a position to judge anything at this moment. So that's one. And the second thing is, According to what legal standards are we talking about. So um, having been charged under mainland criminal law, um, and they will be treated under mainland criminal procedure law, which lays out on the books uh, lots of uh, protections for rights to counsel, rights to choose your own counsel, notice to the family, all of which, as many experts have already noted, are um, routinely ignored in practice. However, I do want to say, In addition to the criminal law of mainland, um, the Chinese government also has an obligation under international standards, under international obligations, and that is under all of its treaty obligations, and I'm not talking about the core joint declaration. I'm talking about human rights uh, treaties that they have signed almost every single major treaty. And under those treaties, there are standards for the treatment of detention, for the treatment of due process, for Uh. the rights of council. So um, they really do have um, to be accountable. The whole um, mainland legal system in treating these 12 cases as well as the thousands of cases that uh, my organization has uh, monitored and reported on and documented over the course of decades. You know, um, I think that we really cannot give up on, and we need to hold the line that we can't be just cynical and say, oh, there's no law in the mainland. Well, um, there is law on the books, and there are international human rights obligations, and we should not give up on assessing the case and on assessing the rights within um, those standards. So I think that's one, you know, I think, you know, to me, is a very important framework for the conversation about the
3: 12th. You, you keep talking about their obligations under international treaties that they've signed. And I presume you're referring to the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights. So you, you, you know perfectly well that they haven't ratified it, and um, that ratification is the stage where the obligations really come into force. And the reason they haven't ratified no, it is their legal system actually, not 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 ready for it. Actually,
7: not accurate fully. I think that it's very important they did sign it more than ten years ago. But under the Vienna Convention on Treaties, this is an international obligation. When a a, a, a government signs an international treaty. They are actually under an international obligation uh, not to take any action that guts the spirit or provisions unless they say we withdraw our signature. Um, the other thing that's important is in every single international platform where the ratification has been raised as an issue, China has very carefully and sincerely um, um, uh, uh, Reassured the international community that they are going to ratify, but they need to make sure that international uh, standards are going to be able to be applied, et cetera. Um, the other thing you should, um, I think it's important, is that we have worked on cases where we have submitted individual cases to the working group on arbitrary detention. And um, these have to do with mainland cases. And we have cited the iccpr standards we have cited the johannesburg principles and in the rea- uh, responses from the chinese government on these cases they have never ever said what people are now saying they have never raised an objection that they didn't ratify yet they've never objected to the invocation of these international standards what they have done is just say pro forma they have been arrested, they have been investigated, they have been prosecuted according to law, they're criminals, blah, 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 blah. So I think it's important that we remember that the Chinese government has not set these standards to apply to us. Uh, rhetorically, yeah, they're, they're like, you know, um, saying all these things about international standards and universal values, but the fact remains that in its actual engagement with the expert bodies who monitor the implementation, they don't show up at the torture committee the rights of the child the economic committee and the human rights committee uh, now that you know they appear at hong kong sar uh, you know special region of the prc they don't stand there and say we are not obligated to follow these standards instead what the position is we have complied and then they try to convince the experts that indeed they have complied so this preliminary question and objection that it doesn't apply to them is not raised by the chinese government
1: it's only raised by, I don't know why, others. Uh, uh, Andrew Lone, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Uh, Thanks thank for, for, for joining us. Uh, what what do you make of this? Um, um, you know, it does seem there are worrying aspects to this by by international standards, you know, by... Uh, the, the lack of access to families, the lack of, of the ability to choose a lawyer and so on, the, 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 the extended period for which these people have been held uh, without facing trial uh, and so on. Um, do, do these concern you? Do you understand why it's of concern to the international community as well?
5: Well, uh, these are very legitimate questions, but I think I would start by first of all highlighting the very fact, the very reality, Uh, that the laws in China are very, very different um, from those in Hong Kong and uh, let alone the rest of the world. Um, And in the same case, in the same way, um, especially on matters of national security, well, let's not forget that even in the United States, there are over something like, what, um, 19 uh, national security laws, including the Patriot Act. uh, And there are um, uh, provisions uh, under... United States um, national security legislation, uh, which um, uh, incringe, uh, infringe on uh, international standards on human rights, but, of course, it's a matter of national security, and these infringements are uh, allowed um, and under the specific national security legislation. Now, we're talking about these 12 fugitives. Uh, who have committed uh, offenses yet to be tried under Chinese law, under Hong Kong's law, uh, naturally. Uh, but they have committed um, offenses. So, sorry. Um, so, um, no,
1: double, you, double if you're referring offenses, to Hong Kong. Offenses
5: against the uh, Hong Kong law because they are fugitive from Hong Kong. Sorry, no, no, no. no, 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 no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. In sorry.
1: Andrew Lang, <laughs> sorry. No, they haven't faced trial here in Hong Kong. For those, no, that,
5: no, no, no. That, no sorry, they, they're yet to be tried. Exactly. Okay? Yes. Yeah. So
1: you yet said they've committed offences. But they,
5: but they have committed a couple um, offences in the sense that once they're outside Hong Kong's jurisdiction, they're outside Hong Kong's jurisdiction, and they're, and, 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 and they're infringing uh, on China's uh, territorial law. But then there are these charges under Hong Kong law, uh, matters of national security, uh, in, in the sense that um, if circumstances are found that they would um, merit uh, trial um, um, uh, inside mainland then there's also allowed under uh, China's national security law imposed on Hong Kong and also inside the mainland so I think let's, let's be uh, the, sorry are be, you saying they could face char-
1: are you saying they could face charges on national security offenses uh, in in the mainland
5: well I mean it it, it remains to be seen but there are um, uh, the prima facie uh, evidence. And even if you look at the charges, uh, they are, uh, the charges are that they are a- a- engaged in activities uh, which encourage uh, kind of uh, separatism and threatening um, uh, China's um, um, and national security or even the regime itself. Now, let's, uh, here I'd like to make a comparison because I have to look up the uh, Patriot Act, under the Patriot Act, uh, there are provisions which um, uh, would, would find um, um, offences um, would we, we include offences which would amount to coercion um, and, and, and that the um, uh, a, a coercion uh, which, improve, uh, which try to coerce the government uh, using uh, acts of violence or, 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 or or forms of, of other criminal activities. Can, so can I, you can w- find similar uh, provisions under the Patriot Act yeah, Okay, can as I well.
1: can, can I get a response maybe from Sharon Howell on that? I mean uh, yeah every yeah, every country has extraordinary provisions for national yeah, security. Yeah, yeah. You, so, you're no, living in one that country. has some of the you know the most extraordinary <laughs> yeah, in the world.
7: Yeah. This is this is what the chief executive and many people say. So unfortunately this is like apples and oranges they're all fruit but they're different. And I think that to simply say that you Uh, Every country has a national security law is a radically different thing than to say that the national security law first on the books complies with international standards and secondly in implementation in fact applies with international standards in its implementation. And I think that what is actually true is that every country has national security laws and every country has different degrees of whether it complies formally and whether it complies. And in most countries, that's why we need human rights groups and the independent media and why we need us all, is that we're here to see that the actual implementation respects life. But I think the thing that's very important whenever this what about, or everybody else has is we need to keep in context what does a rule of law mean? So that a national security law in Hong Kong, in the mainland, or in the U.S., uh, I'll leave aside the U.S. for a moment, uh, but the U.S., is that a rule of law needs certain things. It needs certain institutions. It needs laws that are transparent and clear. They can't be vague, so that, particularly criminal law, where you don't even know what you're, like, what is prohibited activity until they tell you that it's prohibited. So that's Number one, on the books, it's got to be clear. It has to meet the principle of legality, that is clear so that it's predictable and it's transparent and it's accessible. Secondly, in practice, what does it mean to have a real rule of law that protects rights? It's independent courts. And uh, need I say that for the mainland, there are no independent courts, and this is not a mystery because in the constitution of the mainland and in the party constitution and in directives and policy, it is made quite clear in black and white that the courts are loyal to the leadership of the party. Secondly, you need an independent media. And under the cybersecurity law and all of the other mainland laws, including the national security law of the mainland, the media are considered the arms of the party. In other words, the media's job is to tell and to tell well the story of the party and the official narrative. Thirdly, you need a legal profession for a rule of law. And I don't believe in Hong Kong or in the U.S., um, lawyers or law firms are threatened for taking uh, sensitive cases. They are not told that your license will not be renewed, you will not be allowed to practice and they're not threatened to withdraw from the case. This is just so you need, like, if we're going to compare, let's compare apples to apples. Oh, all right. uh, and so that means let's okay. compare courts, media, legal profession. <laughs>
1: all right. <laughs> They're not the <Andrew> <laughs> same. Well, hello. Andrew Lang, uh, yeah, the yeah. Hello. Hello, can you hear me?
5: Yes, I can hear you. Please, yes,
1: go ahead. Do you want to respond? <laughs>
5: uh, yes, I'd I like to respond to a number of very important issues here. Um, uh, the first thing is a kind of comparison uh, between China's uh, rule of law or lack of it uh, with uh, that in the United States. Of course, China is China. The United States is United States. But we have got to respect uh, the kind of law um, uh, in, um, that pertaining uh, 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 on the mainland with the law uh, pertaining to Hong Kong and the law pertaining to the United States. I mean, that's the first thing. I mean, there's no one-size-fits-all law for all countries around the world. That's point number one. Point number two on transparency. Um, The suppression of transparency is even allowed uh, in many uh, national security laws around the world, including in the United States. I'd like to come back to the Patriot Act. um, uh, For example, under the Patriot Act, even um communications with lawyers um are allowed to be monitored by by, by the government um and even uh, government records can be put off the limits uh, to examination so i think that this the, 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 the pressure and the transparency are uh, enshrined in well not only in the united states patriot act but in other countries as well so i think that we have got to be aware of that difference Um, Not that I'm trying to defend the uh, rule law in China. There's a a great deal uh, that left to be desired, but I think that that's the reality. Um, And one must use this rhetoric uh, to conflate uh, these 12 fugitives who have committed laws both in Hong Kong and on the mainland, um, even though you, look, you don't agree with these laws, but these are the laws. So keep, yet the, to, they've got to be subject to the due process uh, of the respective legis- uh, jurisdictions.
3: You keep coming out to the Patriot Act and bringing in national security, but these 12 have not been charged with any national security offences on the mainland. No, but they've got to be
5: tried um, yeah, under they, the respective
3: they, jurisdictions. So all these restrictions, you say, apply under national security and so on, they're, they're completely irrelevant here. They, they're facing a fairly straightforward offences of illegal border crossing, In in these other jurisdictions, you wouldn't be denied lawyers when you're facing an offence of illegal border crossing. There's no national security implications there.
5: Well, I mean, uh, if you uh, if you even in certain countries, China is not one of them. um, Practice extrajudicial detention. I'm talking Guantanamo Bay. (laughs)
3: <laughs> and again, not for things like illegal border crossing, right? Not for things like illegal border crossing. There's terrorism issues. There's a big difference between terrorism issues and well, uh, I mean, and the, illegal first, border crossing. That's
4: the first hurdle. They have in crossing the
5: border, they have committed offences um, in, in uh, under Chinese jurisdiction. But then in Hong Kong, they have committed uh, offences yet to be tried in Hong Kong or um, on under uh, uh, national security. So I think that the, uh, if they transgress into Chinese territory, into their national territory, they have got to be subject to um, the laws on the mainland uh, on that transgressions. And as far as that, um, uh, uh, other offences are concerned, they remain to be tried in Hong Kong. But I think that the first process is, is to be tried. On the mainland, because they are already crossed into the territory, um, um, the,
1: the, the national territory uh, of, yeah. uh, of China. And, and well I mean, what, what do you say to those people in Hong Kong who will say, "Well, this is exactly what we were worried about. This is this is this, is, this was the cause of all the the protests last year. Um, look at the mainland uh, legal system; it's dysfunctional and it's unfair, uh, and it flies in the face of rule of law. And this is exactly why." We don't trust the legal uh, system, In and you've yourself expressed, you know, some discontrol over aspects of the, the legal system, and people would just say this proves it.
5: Well, I mean, uh, that, that's the reason why we have one country, two systems, um, and that's why a lot of whole of China's laws are imposed on Hong Kong. But now we have the national security law uh, imposed from Beijing uh, arising from all these protests, which threatened uh, in the eyes of Beijing um, the, um, the national security, um, in spite of the fact that these various provisions, how the Hong Kong should uphold its one country two system, including the security of the country, has been left unattended. Um, and then with 23 years uh, Hong Kong has yet to enact Article So the scenario is, so, I think you, that's
1: the, that's yeah. so the scenario is, you get people who are, an arguably, you know, majority of people who are upset by the imposition of mainland laws in, in Hong Kong, and the solution apparently is to increase that, is to impose more uh, Hong Kong uh, mainland laws in in, in Hong Kong.
5: I said that this is resulting from the, mm. the, um, uh, the failure to enact Article 23. You don't think it
1: would make it worse?
5: Well, absolutely. I mean, if Hong Kong had enacted Article 23 before, uh, we, could, we would not have come to this. Um, because under 20 uh, with 23 years of completely hands off, um, the one country um, has been completely hollowed out. In this, not only in, in, in deliberately, but in the in the sense that um, the whole generation of young people in Hong Kong, they have lost the sense of nationhood, and not only the sense of nationhood, but they are, they are entirely, you know, so sort far. Of, uh, um, uh, sort of uh, antagonistic uh, against Beijing um, and, and then translating into adopting acts of violence uh, on the streets, threatening um, uh, law and order. It's a complete breakdown of law and order if, if you've experienced it um, as, um, as the people of Hong Kong over the past year. Um, this is totally um, unacceptable to, to, to most people in Hong Kong and, and of course to the mainland.
3: Uh, Sharon Hong, would you like to respond?
7: Now, I, I, think that, uh, first, um, uh, to, to Andrew Lau, um, uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, uh please do go to our website. HRIC, um, released a, a pretty extensive white paper, uh, Too Soon to Conceive the Future, the implementation of the national security law for Hong Kong, uh, And we also do a very, uh, technical a detailed analysis and a bilingual chart that we have uh, corrected the translation that's now on the Hong Kong SAR website. So I I, uh, commend that to you. We have a number of recommendations uh, regarding the law and we do a whole analysis of compliance with international standards, not just citing our own analysis, but the analysis of the extensive analysis done by international UN appointed experts who have looked carefully and expressed a whole range of concerns. The second thing I wanted to say is that um, the, 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 I, I think we should be cautious that the seven million plus Hong Kongers, we are not all one voice. And I think anyone who says Hong Kongers are upset about law and order, I think that that doesn't speak for all of us. I think that Hong Kongers are also concerned about the rampant and ongoing police abuse of their authority. And that Article 43 regulation under the law enables them to expand their um, uh, sort of completely unaccountable exercise of police law enforcement powers. So I think there are many issues that Hong Kongers are genuinely concerned about in a constructive way. And that has to do with use of force by the police. It has to do with the lack of genuine universal suffrage. It has to do with Hong Kongers being very upset about the housing situation, about elderly not having adequate care. So we have a lot of concerns. And law and order, to address law and order, the best way to address law and order is not through social repression. The best way to ensure a true law and order society is to address the fundamental causes of what people's unhappiness and dissatisfaction is. Criminalizing it will not address the problem. People expressing their concerns and criminalizing those expressions will not address
1: the fundamental say I've got to say, a, 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 lot of, a lot of people in Hong Kong will not accept lecturing from an American on, on preserving law and order.
7: I'm a Hong Kong permanent resident, and I think you should not presume to know who anyone is. I was born in Hong Kong. I happen to be a Hong Kong holder of a permanent resident card. My family and generations are Hong Kongers, so I'm very sorry. I happen to, yes, hold a U.S. passport, but I am a Hong Konger, and you should not presume to tell anyone what they are.
1: Okay, well, I'm sorry sorry for that presumption. The point was that you were looking from an American perspective, uh, and the the, the American perspective on this is, you know, that, that, that they know better about how to uh, how to preserve law and order, but then looking, no, at, looking, looking, at, at, the looking at what's going on in the United States, a lot of people will say well you know, no, no, we are no. a very law abiding and peaceful uh, uh, country, and you're not
7: I think that, that, that that's not the point The point is uh, it is not an American perspective. What I cited was international u n experts and u n guidelines on including on terrorism that the best way to address terrorism, the Special Rapporteur on Counterterrorism, that is her whole report, and it says you will not address terrorism and violence through repression. That is not American. That happens to be an international expert, uh, we call them the, 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 the special procedures. They, and then there were, back in June, 50 of them signed a joint statement, and they're not American. They are all international experts. So I really want to clarify that I am raising this from an international human rights law perspective, and we should distinguish that from trying to dismiss it by saying it's this or that. The fact remains that we have to look at this from an international human rights law perspective. We wouldn't say this about a trade dispute. We wouldn't say, oh, let's not look at the WTO. We wouldn't say about the South China Sea. Let's not look at the maritime law. We would say, let's look at international
0: uh,
7: borders. Let's look at what the international maritime law says about what is Chinese borders. We would not say, if China says, that's our border, we would say, oh, yeah, that's China's. We must respect what China says. We need to respect what international law says about those disputes including human rights disputes
0: and that really
7: is my main point point. and uh, that happens to unfortunately a pretty steep um a uh, conversation to have because so many people are not really slowing down to really learn about what those standards say and what are the mechanisms saying and what are the experts saying and then and then take issue with that i mean take issue with the expert analysis Sorry,
1: can I, can I respond? To that? I'm sorry, we're out of, we're out of time, uh, right. uh, Andrew Lung, for, for, for today, but it's a topic we will return to, uh, I'm sure. Uh, here's an email from Matthew who says, on Grenville Cross the ability of pro-CCP spokespeople like Grenville Cross and San to shapeshift their arguments in a manner that fits the party narrative and furthers their own self-interest is beyond the Orwellian. How could a former Director of Public Prosecutions with a civilised background get to the point where he sees no issue with a defendant being denied the basic right to appoint their own lawyer. The backstory to this journey must be fascinating. And then there is the large body of evidence indicating that these 12 people were actually arrested in Hong Kong waters, which the government refuses to address by releasing radar records. I hope we are going to touch on. On this aspect, that comes uh, from Matthew. Thank you very much indeed for that. And uh, final uh, email, this is from uh, Lewis, uh, who says, um, a listener called Martin stated that police were negligent and committed offences by not stopping the 12 trying to leave Hong Kong and compared their case to smuggling. As an ex-police officer, Martin should know very well that he is misrepresenting the situation. Until the 12 crossed the border, they would not have committed the offence of absconding... And proving preparatory acts were in support of their attempt to flee would have been very difficult. The twelve are alleged to have committed crimes in Hong Kong. As the saying goes, if you can't do the time, don't commit the crime. And Martin, you should change your name to Judas. That comes uh, from Lewis. Thank you very much indeed for that. I think I count at least four former policemen among our correspondents uh, today. Uh, anyway, uh, Lewis, thank you very much indeed keep, for, keep for that. Keep them coming. Comment. Yeah, keep keep them coming. Uh, and uh, many thanks to, uh, to uh, Sharon Hom there, Executive Director of Human Rights in China, and to uh, Andrew Lung, International and Independent China Strategist, former Director General of Social Welfare. Thank you uh, very much indeed. Danny, uh, many thanks to you. I uh, should let you know that uh, next Wednesday, Danny and I will be here for an election special covering the results of the uh, US uh, election, the uh, Biden-Trump Face-off should be... Should be interesting. Starts at 8. It starts at 8, and we're running it through until uh, 1 o'clock. Uh, so I hope you can join us then. No money talk, but uh, Peter Lewis will be involved in the uh, presentation. Five hours of chat. Looking forward <laughs> to the weather forecast before we go. Many cloudy, bright periods during the day. Temperatures up to 27 degrees. 24 degrees at the moment. The relative humidity, 80%.
7: Have you registered for the $10,000 cash payout scheme? If you're a Hong Kong permanent resident aged 18 or above and have not yet registered, you may register electronically through a bank for direct payment into your sole named account. It's quick and easy. You may also register using a paper form or register through Hong Kong Post to collect a check. Registration is open until the end of 2021. Visit cashpayout.gov.hk for details. 9.34,
0: the news now with Pierre Tremblay. The president of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, said work should start now on preparing the infrastructure for a mass vaccination program across the entire region. She was speaking during a video conference call with EU leaders who called for vaccines to be made available Europe-wide once they'd been approved. Detectives in France, Italy and Tunisia have identified a 21-year-old Tunisian man being